0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church, and now today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Let's get into this. Uh, starting a new message series called "Adjustment: Small Changes, Big Results." So, we're talking about adjustments. This is part one: small changes, big results. So, before, right out the gate, I want to I want to recapitulate on something, Pastor Tim. Shared with you last Sunday, uh, because as we were discussing what he wanted, he was going to preach on. It was all of this, it is is a precursor to what I uh, the group of messages that are going to be coming uh, today and the next couple of weeks. So he made this profound uh, statement uh, last Sunday. You may remember it. He said, "When people don't think with a kingdom mindset, they by default align themselves with a natural earth instead of a supernatural kingdom." Wow. That, that is a very profound statement because the first statement I want to share with you is this. Wrong thinking in any area will ultimately defeat you. Right. Yeah. So you notice how his statement talked about changing your mindset. Now we're going right into adjustments because we're going to have to make some adjustments in the way we think in the church. We, are, we have to adjust, thanks of God. We cannot keep going down the same road and expecting different results. That is the definition of insanity if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. See, all of us must learn to think in line of what God, God's word says and not be culpable to spiritual dissidents Because we are. we can be guilty of just partially following God. But partial obedience is disobedience. So you can't have a little bit of the truth because it is too susceptible for the enemy to get in and add a little bit of the lie. Hello, somebody. And so that's what happened to Mrs. Eve. Uh, uh, she, She stated something that God really didn't say. God said you couldn't eat from the tree, but she also stated something partially true that you couldn't touch it. Well, if you couldn't eat from it, you should already know that you couldn't touch it either. But she said, well, God said we couldn't eat or touch from it. So the devil had her because she inserted something God did not say. And that's how he uses us today. He'll let you get a little bit of the truth. But if you allow man or a preacher or an apostle or bishop a pastor come in and just give you a partial truth. then you might be living a full life. Just hearing a love only message of how much grace God has for you or how much love he has for you is not all there is to God. You see, John the Baptist refused to baptize those who did not demonstrate a life of repentance. See, a love and grace only message that's taught without presenting the root cause of what separated that person from God in the first place is what I call a bastardized truth or what Apostle Paul calls it another gospel. And what I am afraid of, saints of God, that's why I'm so quiet in here today. What I am afraid of is we have another gospel being presented in churches. It's the gospel that says you can do, say, or act any kind of way you want to. God still loves you. That's another gospel. Another gospel says that you don't have to repent of your sins. You don't have to give. You don't have to forgive as long as you give me your tithe. That's another gospel. It's another gospel going out into other places where you learn half-truth. Now, this message is easier to swallow, but it has only a temporary satisfaction. Let me tell you why. Because it feels good to the flesh, but it really doesn't inspire your spirit. So you can get a motivational speech anywhere, but a motivational speech won't change you. You can get goosebumps all over the place. But goosebumps won't change you. You can go and hear, Oh, that boy. Wow. That was that was so that was just so inspiring. That was just so great. And you can leave that place that was so great and you're not changed. Why? Because it takes the spirit of God to change a person. And without conviction, there can be no change. Let me say that one more time. Without conviction, there can be no change. If you don't get convicted, then why change? So that's why people, they get nervous when they, when they hear me preach because I'm going to get in your grits. Why? Because I want some change. It, it would be just like you go to, you go to Walmart. And uh, you, you know how it is at Walmart. Don't go late at night. So, so you go in there, you get a $5 item, right? And the line has 20 folks, and you got one line open. So you're waiting, and you get there with your little $5 item, and you get up there, and you got a $100 bill. Right. So you pay for your little five dollar item and and you walk off. Is that what you do? What what, what, what are you going to do? You got to go back and get your change. Right. See, Jesus paid for us fully. What he's looking for is his change. You need to change. I need to change because he paid the price. And it was a high cost. And what he's looking for is for us to change. If we didn't have to change, why did he die? Somebody say, I got to change. Yes. Now, you might be pretty good right now. You might be pretty good compared to somebody else. But how do you stack up compared to holiness, righteousness? How do you stack up? Because, see, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, what Apostle Paul says, we're not wise when we do that. So you can't compare yourself among other people that are in the church because if you do that, you might be so, so much, you know, you might be okay compared to somebody else that might not be doing good. But is that a good comparison? So, 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 listen, that's why we got to stop putting our mouths on other churches. That's why when I preach, I preach of another gospel. I don't preach of another church. Because there is another gospel being taught at other churches. It ain't my, it's not up to me to tell you what churches are doing it, but if you don't know the truth, you won't even know. So how will you know what's false unless you know what's true? It's, it's, it's almost, uh, I was talking with uh, Pastor Tim and Elder in my office this morning. How, why, is, if, if God is not real, why does the atheist you Work so hard and tirelessly to try to prove that he's not real It's because they know he's real. If he wasn't real, then you don't have to do anything. When people say, "Well, I don't want to go to church," because they they just too judgmental. Uh, is the church really judgmental? Uh, they just won't put up with your mess. See how quiet it is. I knew I got two good amen. amen. I knew it was gonna be like that, but that's okay. I ain't gonna stop. Because this is this is a part of the church that has to mature. Because see, I, I didn't God didn't raise me up to raise babies. Yeah. He raised me up to raise mature people in the house of God, and we got too many babies that want to be burped, and they can't handle a word like this. This oh well, pastor, that I didn't sound loving. Well, if I can keep you out of hell, isn't that loving? Uh, that's pretty loving to me. Because I had somebody to talk to me like this because I was tripping. I had so much pride. I had so much rebellion. I had so much guilt. I had so much shame in me. I didn't want anybody to tell me what I should be doing in church, but that's what I needed the most. Why? Because I had all that arrogance in me, and I couldn't get to God like that. God wasn't even even going to, boy, you better take off your shoes. Why? Because the ground is holy. You can't walk up on holy any kind of way you want to. You can't have your britches hanging down, walking up. What's up, God? God is a consuming fire. You know, he'll burn your little behind up. If you don't believe me, just read your Bible. There were two people in the priesthood that gave strange fires to the Lord, Burn their little rear ends up. Why? Because God is not looking for strange praise. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Pastor Tim. I I thought you got them ready for me, but I don't know. (laughs) All right, let me me give you another another scripture here. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We all know this because we pray this before we go to bed at night, don't we? (laughs) Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? As where? Be done where? As where? Let me say it one more time. To be done where? God's kingdom wants to do something on the earth that's already being done in the heavens. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To mature and develop as men and women of God, we must adjust our mindsets to shift from a church mentality to a kingdom mentality. I think we've mastered the art of doing church, by the way. We know when to stand up, sit down. We know all that stuff. So so you can't even come up in here and know what we're going to do because I don't even know half of the time. But you can go to some places, you know, okay, they're going to say that song. We're going to sit down here. That person over there going to start shouting. That one over there going to start speaking in tongues. Five, four, three, two, bam, there you go. <laughs> same old thing every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Do you want the same thing every Sunday when you come to church? I I don't know about you, but I don't either. I I don't want to preach the same old boring, tired messages. You know, I I mean, sometimes it seems like my messages are boring because people are so quiet. But I think you're thinking and you're processing, right? Is that what you're doing? All right, help the brother out because the Lord told me don't worry about their faces in the first place. So, but (laughs) but to truly master the ebb and flow of heaven, we must first recognize the function of kingdom. Are you here with me? Now, I'm going to walk slow through this because it's quite important. Now, in order for us to operate in a heavenly environment on the earth, we must allow God's kingdom to encroach our lives and assimilate and adjust everything on the inside so it matches heaven. Did you hear me on that? So, So what does that mean? That means, saints of God, that at some point you have to submit. There is no adjusting going to take place inside unless you submit. Let me tell you how awesome the Holy Spirit is. He is so awesome, he won't make you change. That's how, that's how awesome he is. He's not gonna make, he ain't going to make you stop cussing. He ain't going to make you stop lying, cheating, stealing, fornicating. He ain't going to make you do that. You have to decide to stop doing it. And when you make a decision on the inside to stop doing it, the Holy Ghost helps you stay out of it if you listen. That's right. And that's why people, oh, pastor, pastor, pray for me. <laughs> things are going wrong in the house. You pray for them, things get better. You don't see them in church anymore. Why? They don't need you anymore. So they think until something else happens. Here they come. <laughs> oh, God, I know he ain't been here six months, but I need your prayers. Here's the reality. If you're not in this church in 30 days and you're a member and I don't see you, we take you off of the roll. We don't play in this church. We don't have time to be playing. We got people dying out there. Y'all know that, right? And while we're sitting up in here playing church games, people out there are dying. I'm trying to prepare you for them out there. And I, don't, I can't equip people who don't show up. As a matter of fact, I can't stand in as a witness for you. I didn't want to go there, but I'm going to go there since y'all so quiet. If, you, if I, I told you if you give me a good amen, I'll move on. But when you don't, I got to dig. So let me dig then since you didn't give a good amen. Y'all going to learn. So let me go ahead and dig right there. If I see you, I can see what's going on in your life. I can talk to you. I got my hands on you. I can look at your face. I can look at the countenance of your face to see if something is right or wrong. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about men today, you can, you, can, you can discern a lot about a couple because the countenance of the, of, of, of the worth of a man can be found in the countenance of his wife's face. If the man ain't doing right, you can see it in the wife's face. Come on, y'all. Y'all know that, right? Y'all, you, you know, there were some churches you were a part of, and you can look at the pastor's wife and you know they've been fussing. Yeah. Yeah. Not you, baby, <laughs> <laughs> right? You can tell. How can you tell? You... Everybody now, yeah, that's a good word. She's boy, when you get home at night, <laughs> amen. Because I watch, see, the, the, I. I'll tell you, God gave you the right woman. I thought I'd get a good amen from the women here. God gave us the right women. Can we, why? Because they balance us. <laughs> I know a lot of men say, no, I don't know about all that balance and stuff, Pastor. I don't But they do, right? Because they're they're perceptive. They make sure that we stay in line and <laughs> we're not too anointed. <laughs> you get too anointed, but ain't nothing like a wife to just knock you back to reality. Amen. And so you we we need our wives. And our wives need us, right? Because that's why you gotta you gotta make sure that you that you have the right package. And see, and if you hook up with people that you shouldn't be hooking with it might not be the right package and things are not going to go well because it's like you, you, in my book, I talked about linking. Is the, no, yeah, we got some little ones in here. I'm going to say the clean version. When you link a donkey with an ox in my book, and I talked about how dangerous that is because an ox is much bigger than a donkey. His step is much larger than a donkey. So if you link them up, then it's going to be dangerous because they're going to be going in two different directions and you you can't accomplish anything. You can't be successful at anything when you link up two things that are diametrically opposed. And so you got to make sure that especially in a marital relationship that you link up with the right person that's going in the right direction because the man should be the woman's next level. If you're his next level, something is wrong. You're going to always be his next level. We're going to get into marriage in August, baby. I'm going to leave that one alone for now, and we'll get into marriage in August. Come back. We're going to talk about family matters in August. My wife and I are both going to be preaching that word, and you're going to love it. Somebody say, I'm going to love it. Amen. So we're going to unpack that then. But I got to keep on going on this one. Are you, are you ready? Okay. So, so now, now, I got to share this with you. There is an abstract belief, and we've all heard it. Here's the belief. It's abstract because it's in the world. It says, well, the Bible says I can just come as I am. The reason I say it's abstract is because I've been looking for that scripture. Saints, I can't find it. I've been looking. You've been looking? To, I've been looking because look, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something. Because that's what they say. The Bible says you can come as you are. I couldn't find that scripture, but let me tell you a scripture I did find. Are you ready? I found one in Matthew chapter 28, verse Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let me read that one more time. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So first of all, this verse is not particularly speaking about physical ailments. He's talking about spiritual burdens of your soul. Come unto me. And I will give you rest. Rest for what? Your soul. So, why do we need rest in our souls? Because our soulish ram is going after so many other things other than God. Yeah. And because of that, there's this upheaval going on on the inside because your flesh will always drive you to lustful things. Yeah. Because that's what your flesh does, saints of God. None of us have arrived. No bishop, no pastor, no apostle has arrived. We all are in this flesh body. We all have to experience things in this flesh. We all have to repent. We all have to give God glory. We all have to submit our bodies under the submission of the Holy Ghost. None of us are exempt. So Jesus says, you come to me first. And I will give you rest. Yes, but you come to submit. But that's not what they're purporting. They're purporting I should be able to come as I am, and you cannot say anything about how I live. That's another gospel. Because the gospel I just read to you says you surrender to Him, and He gives you rest. That word come unto me means you surrender to him, and he will change you on the inside so there's a manifestation on the outside. Hello, somebody. Now, listen. Now, listen. Everybody got issues. So this is not an issue, one sin greater than the other because all of it is sin. But we got, all got issues. Just because somebody might, you might know that they're a liar, that might be somebody else that might be fornicating or somebody else that might be living a different lifestyle or somebody else doing this, that, and the other. It's all sin. So as a church, we don't hype up one sin over the other. Because God doesn't see it that way. Sin, the wages of sin is death. So it doesn't matter what the sin is. It separates you from God. So we have to address all sin in the house of God. Why? Because that's the one thing that's separating you from getting close to him. He wants you to come. He's, he beckons you to come, but you won't come because oh God, you don't know, I, I just did that. oh God, I, I got this going on right now. oh Lord, I, oh you just don't understand my mom'm tripping right now. Yeah God, I already knew you were tripping. But part of that is you don't want to give up what with... <laughs> Okay. All right, let me give you another scripture. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in, ma- in vain. Who builds it? So what's the foundation and the premise of what you're building upon? Because the scripture says those who labor to establish their own righteousness labor in vain. That means that it's useless. It's unsuccessful. So if you define what you think morality is, that's your righteousness. And you are laboring in vain. Because unless the Lord builds the house, that's why we have to have absolute truth. Without absolute truth, then there's no compass for morality. Then everything goes. It's what we call moral relativism, which means something can be right for you, but it doesn't have to be right for me. That means that there is no truth. Everything goes. Now, if that was true, then why is murder wrong? If there's no absolute truth, everything goes, then why is rape wrong? Because the man can say, well, my truth was I wanted her. And her truth is, I don't want you to want me. So whose truth outweighs the other? See, that leads to chaos if there's no absolute. And you can't have absolutes without God. That's why they're trying to get rid of God, and they can say, well, something can be right for me, but it doesn't have to be right for you. The first thing you should do with a person that says that is ask them, is that true? Did you, did you hear that? Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Something can be right for me, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be right for you. Is that true? If they say yes, that's an absolute. Boom, just tore the little theology up right there. Now that's what the atheists will tell you. That's what the secularists tell you. Because we got secular humanism creeping into the church right now that says you can you, no, don't worry about that. You got a tithe check? Okay. You can do whatever you want to do, as long as you, you we can keep the seats full. And you got humanism there because you don't, there's no preaching on the cross, you don't learn nothing about the blood, and you sure ain't gonna hear nothing about the Holy Ghost. All you're going to hear is a love and grace message. That's it. How much God loves you. And he does. Trust me, he does. He loves you with an unconditional love. But you know what the Bible teaches? That unconditional love is only for his children. (laughs) you got to read your word to understand that. When God says every time he mentioned unconditionally loving, it was for his children. But for everybody else, he does love you. Let me tell you how I know he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. That God so loved. Somebody say so loved. loved. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He so loved you. But once you get in the kingdom, his love is unconditional. Now, let let me say this. Now, my love for her is unconditional because she's my daughter. Now, I love T, but she's not my biological. I love her, but there's a different level of love because she's mine. Hello. Hello. Why would God be any different? Yes. So you can think that you can appropriate God's love. But do you really have it? Because, I'm telling you, this is what you hear in the world. I'm trying to prepare you for what's, what's about to take place with this community that's, that's, that's trying to infiltrate the church right now. And if we don't have truth, you're going to be just as confused as the world. Amen? So it's good to be in a house that's going to tell you some absolute truth so you'll know the difference between the truth and the lie. There is no gray. Is It's either true or is a lie. The devil is the father of lies. What you hear is going to be true, or it's going to be a lie. It can't be a partial truth. Hello, somebody. You can't partially be right. (laughs) Somebody's wrong in this thing. And if you don't have the fundamentals of absolute truth, how will you know what's right or wrong? When people are screaming for justice, then what is true justice? If you don't even know the basis for which justice is formed upon, then how are you going to formulate an outcome? Is this too heavy? I'm in the right place? All right, I ain't preaching. I ain't coming here to preach. This is not a preaching message. This is a message to get in your spirit so you can learn something. See, we got we to gotta go from tradition to revelation. We've been stuck in tradition for too long. Let me, let me give you this one right here. Jesus wants to release people from the yokes and burdens of guilt, misery, pain, emotional insecurities, and fear. But we must first adjust from our ways and wills of doing, will of doing things and submit to God's ways and will of doing things. And, and what I mean here, saints of God, Apostle Paul made this profound statement. Apostle Paul said, I buffet my body. That means that I make my body submit. Why did he say that? Notice he said, I did it. See, the Holy Ghost is not going to make you submit, first of all. That's why you got to get proper teaching. And people are praying, God, I need you to help me submit. God is not going to help you submit. That's your, that's your job. Why would God do something that you should be doing? And then you're mad at God because well, God has not answered my prayer because I've been, I've been praying for him to make me submit. He ain't going to make you submit, boo. That's your job. Paul said, I buffet my body. Unless I, after preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway. What was he saying? Apostle Paul was using an athlete analogy. He was saying, I got to train my body. And as an athlete, if you don't train, you're not going to win. Matter of fact, you're going to get hurt. If you don't, if you think you're going to run track and you don't stretch, you don't prepare, you don't run, you don't have on the right equipment, you don't have a coach. (laughs) And you're just going to show up one day, you, you, you fat. And you say, hey, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. Y'all, y'all going to let me run? <laughs> you can't even get down in the stocks. <laughs> you got to stand up. <laughs> Everybody else down, you... <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Pie, y'all. They sitting back drinking Kool-Aid. And you still trying... Everything hurting because you haven't trained. If you don't exercise your faith with the word of God, if you don't allow God to stretch you through the incubator of his exercise plan, then you won't be strong enough when you get hit with the situation. You cannot develop muscles without resistance. So what you're going through right now, yes, you're built for it. Why? He's stretching you so that your faith must come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. He's trying to build up your faith muscles because maybe the next thing you got to confront might be bigger than the one you're confronting now. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that it is. But what if it is? Right? Because every situation we've been in, we're just like, "Ooh, boy, that was a doozy. And then one comes like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> really? Man, I just came out of this one. Yeah. And each time we got stronger and stronger in the faith. Why? Because we're athletes. You have to bring your body under submission. You cannot rely on the Holy Ghost to do that for you. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to do something that you should be doing and by the way the holy spirit won't raise anything that's not dead if you're trying to live and do everything your way holy spirit is not going to interrupt you he'll let you fornicate lie cheat steal he'll let you do all of that as a christian he'll let you do it because that's what you want to do now What are the signs? Conviction. Because if you do those things, there should be something inside. I'm not talking about guilt because that's for people who are not saved. I'm talking about conviction. Condemnation is for people who are not saved. If you're saved, there should be conviction. Hello? Right. Because as a Christian, there should be something to go, man, I shouldn't have done that. Even if you did it, saints of God, because I know sometimes we do stuff and we go, man, man. I wish I hadn't cussed him out. Now I feel bad. Now I got to go apologize. <laughs> yeah, me too. Somebody said me, me too. Y'all think I want to cuss somebody? Well, I did. Almost. Well, I did. Almost. I used one word. <laughs> My wife would keep me honest. Didn't I, baby? I used one word. It was one word. But I was, I was fire mad. I, you know, I can't stand when people insult my intelligence. Ooh, that just that drives me crazy. And if you think that, no, no, hold 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 it, hold no, no, no. You don't understand. You, I'm, 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 I'm right there. And I did, I did. I had to apologize. I did, I did. I, I said the D word. I ain't lying. I just, boy, you, 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 boy, <laughs> you better be glad we're on this phone right now. <laughs> Y'all gonna still love me. <laughs> See, I'm going to just be real with you anyway. You can judge me if you want to. I don't care. Just, hey, look, I was angry. I've been taking my car in for the same problem for a year. And they insulted my intelligence. And I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, this is it. I, I, I sent a scathing notice to them. And boy, everybody's been calling now. <laughs> right? So now we're getting ready to get some stuff done, and then the guy was trying to tell me, well, you know, if you, no, no, bro, hold on, hold on, hold it. And so I had to go ahead and tell him off, and then I said, man, you know, I'm I'm just frustrated. (laughs) So listen, just because you go to church and you pay your consecrated tithe and, and you come to Bible study, you read your word and you worship, you can always be put in a situation where they get on your last nerve. Don't you tell me you might break off one or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, then you had to repent because I felt so bad. I ain't lying. I felt so bad. It just sounded so bad coming out of my mouth. I said, I, I, who did I say? <laughs> oh, God, that is so ugly. You know, I hate, well, I got convicted, though. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I knew I shouldn't. Have, even when I, I, I felt it coming out of my tongue, Kim, I did. I was like, don't say it, boy. Don't say it. Don't say it. Then, boom, it came out. I can't believe I said that. (laughs) I got to submit more. (laughs) I got to bring my body under. (laughs) So I'm here to tell you, saints, it happens. But listen, one thing I do know, God still loves me. He's still going to bless me. And I didn't lose not nary anointing not nary. Why? Because, Lord, I'm sorry. I knew I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. And I had to tell him, I said, man, you know, I'm just, I'm upset. You just got to understand. And, and you know, and I was just glad we were on the phone. (laughs) Can somebody say amen? Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? See, see, see you, you can get put in, in these situations, and it, it, it's easy to be on the outside looking at a situation. You go, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. But you weren't in the situation. Right? Hello. And so you, you stop judging people's situations based on what you think you would do. Just pray for people. Love people. Appreciate people. Can we do that? Amen. Can you do that to me? <laughs> amen. And I gotta ask for forgiveness from y'all. You know, I'm like, saying? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, Because I mean, we we all are in this flesh body. We none of us have arrived. So give yourself a little bit of a break. You you, Pastor, I've been trying to live holy. Well, keep trying. You, you ain't arrived yet. None of us have. We won't get there until we get this glorified body. Hello. Amen. So give yourself a little bit of a break. So. All right. Let me let me give you a couple more things here and I'm done uh, because I know this is not an exciting message. (laughs) So let me give you another scripture I found, because what I'm addressing, what I'm what I am addressing is we can come as we are. There was another scripture that I found in the Bible that said, if any man come, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Does God bid you to come? Yes. He said, if any man, that's black, white, Jewish, Mexican, Hispanic, I don't care what you're, Australian, New Zealand, it doesn't matter where you came from. He said, if any man comes after me, let him first. You got to deny self. Why? Well, that gets right back to submission. Why is it that people can say, we commonly we typically call it the sinner's prayer over in Romans chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. You know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, blah, 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 Billy Graham made that popular, right, if you, if you know that. He, he called it the sinner's prayer, and we've been calling it the sinner's prayer since then. So I had to ask myself, what did Apostle Paul use? What, what did John use? Or James? Bartholomew? Thomas? Did they use a sinner's prayer? No. What happened? People repented, and they got converted. How do you know? Their life changed. Mm-hmm. So the reason people can say a prayer and they can still fornicate is because they didn't get saved. Mm-hmm. Just because you say a prayer don't mean that you converted. Right. Anybody can say Words. Words mean nothing until those words change you on the inside. And you can, you can shout, oh, pop, 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 you ha ba ba me a Cadillac. You can do all that stuff. And there's still no change in you. Why? Because all you got was fakery. Unless there's a true heart conversion, there is no change. If Apostle Paul didn't have to bring somebody up for a prayer and say, I'm lead you into the sinner's prayer. Then why do we do it so much? Notice, I don't, even, I don't even lead people up here all the time every Sunday. Every Sunday you say, well, I want people to come up and get saved. You notice I don't do that? I want to preach so good that you can sit in your chair and say, Lord, I need you. I need you right now. I can't wait for somebody to make an altar call. I need you to come in my life right now. I'm, I'm broken. I'm hurting. I, 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 don't even know, I don't even know what I'm thinking right now. My mind is so screwed up. And you can get saved right there. You don't even have to say the sinner's prayer. I didn't know nothing. I came out of the streets. I didn't know nothing about saying a prayer. And I got saved in an apartment complex in Atlanta, Georgia. No pastor was around. And I said, God, I know I need you because I'm about to die and go to hell. <laughs> there wasn't, wasn't nobody around. I didn't hear angels. I didn't hear trumpets. The room did not light up. <laughs> you know, Calvin... Some people that get saved, they say, whoo, God came in the room, and, and the room lit up, and I heard trumpets, and I saw feathers. And I'm like, did I get it? <laughs> Am I really saved? But I did go to church and went down to the altar just to make sure. I did. I did do that. I ain't lying. I did. I had to make sure it stuck. <laughs> Right, but listen, saints, you don't need an altar to get saved. Yeah, that's right. At the moment, per- a person is ready. Even when you're witnessing to people, don't be nervous to say, "You, you ready for the Lord?" When, before I stopped chaplain at the at the at the plant, people would come up to me and they would say, "Well, Pastor, I need you to pray. I, I, the Lord. I mean, uh, the, uh, the doctor gave me a bad report. Uh, uh, that he said I have cancer. Are you saved?" Uh, um, no. You want to get saved? Because before I pray, I want to make sure you save. now they can fire me later because it's easier to get forgiveness than it is to get permission sometimes. So I just gone on out there. I know the protocol, but I also know my heart. My heart is, listen, if you got that much going on in your life, you need Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It was a female. So I went and got the human resource person because I don't pray with women. And I say, hey, we, she, she wants the Lord. I want to because she was saved. If the HR person was saved. I said, she wants, she wants the Lord. So we're going we're gonna to pray together and lead her to the Lord. We prayed with that girl, led her to the Lord. The doctor's report came back because I told the church about it. The doctor's report came back. It was no cancer. Yes. Now, listen, I don't know if she's still living for the Lord or not. I did my job. One plant, the other waters. It is not for me to keep checking. Are you okay? You're still saved, right? How you doing? No, I don't even see that girl. I ain't even there anymore. But guess what? I pray for her. Right? I hope it's stuck. But I don't know. I ain't going to lose no sleep over it. You leave people to the Lord and leave them alone. If they want to be a disciple, they'll come back. And if they want to be a disciple, please disciple them. Because there's more to it than just getting somebody saved. But only people who want to learn want to be discipled you can't disciple anybody that don't want to learn right. amen. amen I'm giving y'all some good stuff today amen. I had to learn that the hard way as a pastor I'm always oh I just want I just want people to learn oh but, but after that about that fifth year I said shoot whoever's here is here <laughs> I ain't gonna worry about it look we, we, we complaining oh the seats are empty in the church I don't even care I ain't looking at empty seats. I'm looking at you. You in the seat. So why am I worried about empty seats when I got people in the seats? So since you are here, I'm going to preach to the people who are here. I can't help people who are not here. That's why I want you to be here. I want you to get the word. I want to love on you. I want to appreciate you. I want to encourage you because life is difficult for all of us. You lose jobs, health, all kinds of stuff going on. Children, your money tripping. Like, I thought I had that in the bank. What happened? <laughs> stuff missing. We got stuff missing in our house. We don't even know where it is. <laughs> Just gone. What the? Where is that? I tried to find something this morning. It was gone. I think somebody ripping us off. <laughs> it's the truth. Hey I, I think it's our cleaning lady. So we fired her. Yeah, we just little, just little, nothing big, just little stuff. I mean, looking for stuff. She was looking for a ring. She's like, baby, I hadn't my ring. And then, why do little stuff missing. Well, ain't nobody else been in the house. You fired. <laughs> don't come back. No, I prayed about that. Uh, listen, all right, I'm going to give y'all this part. I'm going to pray. <laughs> I don't know why I got to be so open today. All right. No, you heard right. You heard right, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was praying in the spirit, right? <laughs> and this, and I'm done. I'm done. I was praying in the spirit, and this, this thing came up in my mind, and right? And I said, I want to pray a curse on them. And the Holy Spirit said, You can't do that. You know what I said? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you I used to be rebellious, so I still got a little bit of it in me, right? And I said, yes, I can. I'm a, I'm a, no, they, they need to be cursed. They, they, they need the, the, the ears and eyes, hand, everything need to fall off. Everything just need to fall <laughs> apart. That's what I was thinking, right? That's what I was thinking. Holy Spirit said, you can't think like that. I said, I can't curse them? No. So I had to change my prayer. So, <laughs> see this So, okay, so my prayer was... I said, well, Lord, make them fall to their knees and repent and bring our stuff back. But in my mind, I was saying they cursed. (laughs) But out of my mouth, I had to. I hope y'all come back to church. I ain't lying. Oh, Oh, Jesus, I might have messed up, bro. You don't feel bad. But I had to pray it out loud what I was supposed to pray, even though my stinking thinking was back.